And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Converters Are Us. For all your power converter needs. Kind of like Tashi Station, but without all the whiny moisture farmers. Previously on Cautious Optimism. Rory? Rory, is that you? That's me. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm uh, I'm Evan Long. I am Peter Shan's lawyer. I am the executor of his will. He is giving you the ship. Yeah, if you'll let me be the middleman in helping you scrap and sell off this ship for parts, uh, I'll just take 10% and we can make a lot of money. How does that sound to you? She's not for sale. You know, it doesn't work, right? What do you mean it doesn't work? Well, it was tractored in. I don't think it flies. I was wondering if you could recommend an engineer to help me out with a problem with my ship. Any of the folks around here could do you. Now, I'll warn you, though, that guy in the corner, stay away from him. He's a little creepy. Hank Crawford, pleasure to make your acquaintance. I mean, surely we can get her mobile. She may not be space-worthy, but we can get her mobile, I'm sure. You realize two things. First of all, the reason the ship can't uh, fly or do anything is because its power converter is failing. And the other thing you realize is that by scanning the power converter, you've set it off. There's an explosion inside. You find Hank lying on the floor... Uh, unconscious. I know that you have a doctor's degree and all that, but you're a mature. You gotta use all your brains to work your forearms. There's no brains left to do doctor things. Forget that specious jerk. This guy's gonna die in here. Doctors only. I am a doctor. At this point, Hank is stabilized and will probably make a full recovery. I've never seen a mature doctor before. Yeah, nobody has, and unfortunately that's part of the problem. Well, if you're looking for a way off the planet, and you can help me keep this engineer alive, you can catch a ride with us if you want. Yes, I, I would appreciate that greatly. So so the party of uh, three brave adventurers are uh, heading to the shopping district. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Cayenne Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous... Mm, what are you hauling? Goo... thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. You are heading to the Cliffside Bazaar, the local marketplace. This is a very eclectic sort of marketplace. There's a lot of very fancy looking buildings, you know, that are nice storefronts. They have, you know, merchandise in the windows and electronic billboards explaining, you know, what, 
what their wares are and all that kind of stuff. But there's also like a bunch of street vendors that, uh, you know, are selling like vegetables or, or meats. Some of them do have electronics and stuff they're selling. And so it's like there's the very nice shops and then there's the cheap, crummy street vendors. So you have a lot of options here. What you know, what class of store you want to visit. Since you're looking specifically for spaceship parts, and by the time you get to the market, um, I think Hank will have woken up. Uh, Hank, you're probably not walking yet, but uh, you're on the little floaty gurney thingy, so you're (laughs) kind of floating along beside the other two. Go ahead and make a perception roll as you try to perceive what stores might have the uh, parts you're looking for. Uh Uh-oh. 13. A 13. Okay. Uh, what is what is your perception? Uh, if that's under will, that would be 12. Okay. So that is a failure by a little bit. So as you're walking along, you're like, oh, no spaceship store, no spaceship parts stores here. Hmm. Which actually makes narrative sense considering I just come out of dying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe my perception is not really dialed in right now. This new captain of yours is a real slave driver. Like, oh, you almost died, but back to work. Come on, find me a store, jerk. Come on. <laughs> while, while we're here, I also want to be looking around for any sort of place that's selling, like, I, would, I don't know what to call it, like, rations you would take on a ship journey. You wouldn't take, like, fresh fruit and, you know, milk that's going to spoil. You would take prepackaged type rations, essentially, like, almost military rations. I'm looking for anything that's like that because I want to use some of my money to buy at least a week's worth for four people. I mean, it's 2100 I figure we could find a food fabricator by now. Oh. The nicer ship. <laughs> See, I don't think my ship has the memory card for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're definitely going to need a RAM upgrade. <laughs> None of the screens are even 49 inches wide. What? They're all little tiny monitors. Or maybe that's the problem. It was all spent on the monitor and not on the car. <laughs> your, your spaceship has a beautiful screen and everything else is garbage. <laughs> uh, make a perception roll to uh, look for a, a vendor of that sort. Okay. Got a nine. Let's see. Perception. I believe we said it was 12. Yes. So success of three. Okay. Success by three is, is pretty good. You see one of the street vendors actually has a combination of fresh vegetables, but also vacuum sealed, you know, dried ration type things that look like they would last for a really long time. So I walk over and, hi, I'd like to purchase uh, a week's worth of rations for four to five people. And I need it delivered to a ship at Port X. All right. So this is... Uh, this. A person working the uh, stall is another another avian, another bird person. And he says, Squawk, oh, I can help you with that. And he starts uh, reaching down for a pad and he's typing in some numbers. Oh, you say you have a ship? Yes. Well, would you be interested in carrying a little cargo for me? Well, it all depends. Depends on how much you're willing to pay me to carry the cargo and how much you're going to knock off this price of these rations. Well, I have some fresh fruit 
and uh, vegetables that need to be brought up to the space station in orbit. Uh, there's a restaurant up there. They've bought them, and I need to get them there. I would give you squawk, free rations and 1,000 lopsies if you could take the job. Out of character, does that seem reasonable? No. It seems cheap. A thousand lopsies is extremely cheap for a spaceship carrying goods, even as a short a trip as going up to orbit would be. Okay. That seems a little bit light. Free food. <laughs> what? <laughs> what's, the dif- what's the differential? Um, I mean, the food, you're, you're probably looking at um, 500 uh, lopsies for the rations you're asking for. Okay. So even if you count that, you're only at about 1,500. Flying something up to orbit should probably be, I mean, I guess it depends on the amount of cargo and everything, but at least 5,000. Hmm. Can I make an intimida- intimidation check? <laughs> you sure can. You can step up behind Rory and then just kind of cr- cross all four of his arms, like, you know, two on top, two on bottom. And uh, he's going <laughs> to just kind of glower at the guy. Okay. 11 with a skill of 14. Success by three. At first, it looks like the businessman, farmer, whoever is going to, you know, play hardball. But what you see, Rory, is he's he's looking you in the eye and he's being all like stern. And then his eyes slowly drift up. So he's looking at something behind you and they kind of get wider. And he goes, um... I was just negotiating. You know, start low, work your way. How does, uh, I'll throw the rations in and, um, 7,000 lopsies. Yeah, we'll do it. I'll have the, uh, goods delivered to your ship at, uh, at Bay X, you said? Yes. Oh, okay. Here. You need to deliver them to the the Crooked Comet restaurant, a man named Oscar Toft. All right. And I'll uh, deliver the the goods that you need to deliver to him, to your ship. And I'll pay you as soon as he pays me for receiving the shipment. Uh I'm going to need half up front. It looks like he's going to play hardball again, but then he looks over your shoulder. <laughs> oh, God. I wink. <laughs> I'm a little wink. <laughs> I was thinking if it helps convince him, I'd just lay my hand on my revolver at my side. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you're floating on the little yes. gurney, you're going to yes. try to intimidate him. Well, there's no need for that. He, he agrees. And uh, he takes out his little card, and he transfers uh, 3,500 lopsies to Kells. Are you going to be kind of the... Because you're the owner of the ship, so I imagine a transaction like this, he'd be doing it with you, right? And not the yeah. other two? Yeah. Kind of we haven't employees. discussed their cut or any of that yet. Or if they even yeah. want to travel on the, the ship. Because they don't know. They don't know what it is that <laughs> I'm going to be doing. What have you signed up for? <laughs> All right. Well, so he gives you the money and he gives you the rations. Um, and now they're, they're, how much did you want? Like a week's worth for four people? Yeah, for four to five people. Yeah, a week's worth. Knowing that I have no idea how much a Matorbi eats. 
<laughs> About the same as everybody else. Okay. All right. So that's, I mean, you can probably fit that in your respective backpacks and stuff, but uh, it's going to, they're going to be quite a bit fuller now than they were before. So you've got a job lined up, but you still ha- don't have a working ship. There's not a stall called Tashi Station or something, is there? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's not an obvious power converters are us. <laughs> you don't see one. Yeah, where, where's the near, where's the nearest Best Buy? <laughs> <laughs> did they did they survive the collapse of Earth and society? Dun dun dun. <laughs> There's still Starbucks everywhere. There's, there's Starbucks and strangely Radio Shack made a re- reemergence. <laughs> Starbucks has the name to be very successful in science fiction. So, yeah. It's true. They've rebranded to Star Lopsies, though. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I've got some skill in crewmen. Would I be able to make a role and roughly recognize a power converter? Crewmen, huh? Well, I mean... You'd probably be able to recognize spaceship parts at any rate. So, yeah, you could you could help look for a place that sells stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're looking for any AutoZone, advanced auto part, any, <laughs> anything that looks like it's got space junk. Uh, I got a, a 10 out of 11. So, uh, success by one. Success by one. All right. The uh, Mator, maybe because... His head sticks above the crowd, and so he has a better view. Is uh, able to notice a spaceship, you know, part store, a secondhand part store, off in the distance. Yeah, that doesn't look fancy, but I think there's one up ahead on the right. Oh, sounds good. Let's go see if they got a converter. All right. All right. As you walk into the store, you know how a lot of uh, secondhand stores will say "gently used." Mm-hmm. The stuff in this store was not used gently. Uh, the the parts here are real rough. You're not sure about the level of quality you're going to get here. But you do see, behind a little security force field, a power converter that would fit your ship. There's several bird people walking around, all wearing a matching uniform. It's a, it's a blue shirt and khaki <laughs> pants. Uh, Captain, right there behind the the force field, that looks like our converter right there. How much do you think it would be too much to spend on it? Uh, well, a power converter like that should run. I should run twenty thousand new. Gotcha. Okay, I say to Hank, is there anything else that we're gonna need? Do you think? I know you weren't in there for very long. Well, what I can tell you, this is the major problem we're dealing with. There's going to be a lot of smaller problems. But based on my initial assessment, this is at least going to get us back in the air. You think it'll get us back to that restaurant? Yeah, maybe. Okay. We'll get us on the right path anyway. All right. And, and how much is it? Well, you haven't asked the uh, shop people. Okay. Yeah, so I'm looking, you know, extremely gently used, like... 10,000 lopsies is probably going to be the high end. Anything over that, maybe we should just look for a new one. Okay. I guess we all approach the counter. A uh, blue-shirted bird man. Well, bird boy. Looks like a teenager. Says, hello, sir. Welcome to the store. That power converter behind you in the case. What can you tell me about it? Oh, that's uh, that's your run-of-the-mill power converter? It converts 
power? Uh, 20,000 lopsies? Is it brand new? Uh, maybe? Yeah. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Mr. I, I didn't catch your name, Birdman. Jared? <laughs> Jared, may, may I may I take a look at that there power converter? Yep. Look with your eyes, not with your wings. That's uh, a good thing I don't have wings. I'll use my fingers if you don't mind. <laughs> oh. You want to do a perception roll to uh, check out the power converter? Because that went so well last time. <laughs> I am perceiving power converter. Jeez Louise. <laughs> 14? Failure by two. You don't really notice any useful information. It's a power converter. You're not entirely sure if it even works. Mm -hmm. From your vantage point and with the force field kind of disrupting your vision a little bit and everything, you you really can't tell much. Uh, Heck if I know, Rory. It's a power converter. Yep. Is there a place that we could get a, a, a new one? Like, how much would that set everybody back? Who are you asking? The shopkeeper? Anybody present. <laughs> I am good, just going to tell you, I can't seem to find anything in this outpost, so... Yeah. <sighs> this might be it. Or are you members of the guild? Potentially. Why? Are you? Would that save us money if we were? Yep. How would we go about becoming members of the guild? You're not members? I've said too much. Hmm. Now, at this point, if this was D&D, I would ask you to make a wisdom or a knowledge check, uh, Kells, to see if you know what what he's talking about. But in GURPS, I don't quite know what that would be. Well, I have this advantage, the uh, social chameleon as an advantage. So this will be more about remembering something Uh. from your, like, something... To do with the shipping business your parents were in. Might just be an IQ roll. That's that what I was work. thinking. Yeah. 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 All right. That would work. Why don't you make an IQ roll? Okay. And I failed it by one. <laughs> okay. So as the Birdman's talking about the guild, you have a vague recollection that when you were a child and you overheard your parents talking about business, they sometimes mentioned a guild but you were a kid, and it sounded boring, so maybe you didn't focus as much as you should have. Mm-hmm. But it's it just, there's a nagging memory that that's bringing up in the back of your mind. Hmm. I turned away from the guy at the counter and I'm um, talking to Hank, and I just realized I don't know, as I turned to the mentor, <laughs> I just realized I don't know what your name is. It's terribly rude. Oh, no no problem. It's uh, Kayan. Kayan. Kayan, I'm Rory. Nice to meet you. I'm Hank. Good to meet you, Hank. How do you spell K-N? K-A-Y-A-N. Oh, got it. It's spelled like it sounds. Nice. Right? Do either of you know anything about a guild? Well, I'll ask the dice. Thank God. (laughs) Do we? (laughs) Eight. That's a success by four on an IQ roll. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, as a mechanic who works on spaceships, you have heard of... A Hauler's Guild, which is uh, supposedly a collection of people in the spaceship shipping industry. It's kind of a club where they, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. They kind of help each other out, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not really legal in the League of Planets for people to form that kind of association. It's too much like a monopoly kind of a situation. So 
what you've heard is that if it exists, it's all kept on the down low. All right. I would like to speak. Okay. Listen here, George. I mean, I mean, Jerry, Jerry. So Jared, Jared, my friend, you know, and I know what happens in the guild stays in the guild. You feel me? Yeah. So to answer your question, of course, we're in the guild. If the guild was to exist, of course. Ah, and he puts like his entire hand on the left on the left side of his beak and winks. <laughs> and I, I will obviously mirror his expression. <laughs> okay. He hunches down and he says, "Who's your leader?" Well, of course, it's um, it's Miss Rory here, but she's trying to keep it lower than low. If you know what I mean. Oh, no. Your guild leader. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, crap. <sighs> How do I deceive my way out of this one? <laughs> I can roll another intimidation check. <laughs> this is your answer for everything. I purposely put that stat high for that reason. Yeah, I, I, I feel this is less intimidation, more deception. I don't know how to be deceiving in this world. So um, I, I do not know how to answer this. Um, probably quick talk. Let me see. Fast talk. Yeah, fast talk. I don't have it. Um, but you might be able to default to it. Okay. Um, IQ minus five or acting minus five. And well, if you do IQ minus five, then you've got to get seven, seven or less. Oh, dice have not been in my favor, but I will give it one shot. And otherwise we're about to pay 20,000 for this. (laughs) (laughs) So close. Missed by one. (laughs) Um, you know what, though? I feel like your friends there, like Rory, you probably see that he's floundering a bit with an answer. Uh-huh. Uh, if you could do, you might do something to assist, maybe? So I took the social chameleon stat to sort of not have to take fast talk. I could fast talk. So I step in and, and I try to act like I'm kind of angry at Hank. And I get real close to, to Jarrett. Listen. We're not supposed to be talking about this stuff out loud. You've already broken like a half a dozen rules. Oh. <laughs> I'll do a roll for. Yeah, go ahead and make a roll. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I rolled a 13. That's a failure by one. <laughs> you guys are getting so close. <laughs> All right. Um, so as as you're as you're talking and the two of you are trying to pull off this little uh, deception, the bird boy behind the counter says, "Squawk, manager's coming. Squawk, act natural." <laughs> you do you want to buy this or do you want to not buy this? And as he's saying that, a uh, an older, you know, very tall older bird whose feathers are all turning gray is walking over and says. Why, hello? I'm the manager. Is there a problem? Um, 
yeah, I'd like to roll for Karen, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I'm glad you came over. I'm having a small problem here with Jared. He is trying to sell me this obviously not mint in box power converter for 20,000 lispos, whatever in the heck our currency is called. Lopsies. Lopsies. And I know, and you know that that's not new. What? Oh, gently used. Yeah, well, I feel gently used because I'm here as a paying customer and I, and I feel like Jared's trying to take advantage of me. Oh, Jared's a good boy. He's just doing his job. The sticker price, 20000 Now, Mr. Manager, you and I both know were it new, it would be worth every lopsy in that price tag. Yeah. That don't look new. I see I see mustard stains on it, man. We've refurbished it? With mustard? Yeah. Human joke. Ah, very funny. It's better than new. We've refurbished it. <laughs> Listen, I'll pay 15 and that's it. All right. Let's make uh, some kind of charisma, persuasion, some kind of role... Kind of bartering role. That's better. I got a nine. And what did you need? So if we're going by IQ or I've got a 12 IQ. Okay. And five charisma. So 17. Yes. So a nine is a, that's a succeed by six. You made it by a country mile. Okay. I don't know if I have a five in charisma. The, the five is just how much I paid for it. How many points it took. Eh, well, let's just go, go with that for now. Okay. All right. We'll do more book reading between yes. adventures and try to figure out these rules better. Okay. He, uh, so he looks at the power converter and he looks at you and he said, well, it's a deal. Jared, uh, lower the force field. Jared goes over, he pushes some buttons. The force field comes down. And he, he gently lifts up the power converter and hands it to you, Rory. And I, uh, <laughs> like I handed to Hank to lay on the gurney with him. <laughs> thanks and i'd give my thumbprint all right go ahead and deduct fifteen thousand from your character sheet okay and you have the part you are looking for success yay. yay what an exciting adventure fixing a broken spaceship going shopping Whew, this podcast has it all <laughs> <laughs> near-death experiences <laughs> What do you guys want to do next? Well, you know, I want to go back and immediately install this on the ship. But, I mean, Hank might need a nap or another burger or something. I don't know. He nearly died. <laughs> Maybe a salad. With his heart Fresh stitches, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think we should go back to the ship and figure it all out there. Well, by the time you get back to the ship, Hank is actually starting to feel quite a bit better. You've got you got some expert medical care under the tender um, mercies of um, Oh Fui Joe, what's your name again? Kayan. Kayan. So you're you're actually feeling like you could uh, stand on your own two legs and walk around a bit. I will wait till we get to the ship before I get off the gurney, though. I'm I'm enjoying the rest. Kayan's actually pushing him. Uh, his, his bottom two arms are the, pushing the gurney, and his uh, top two arms kind of have the thumbs cocked in in the straps of his backpack. Oh, that's a cool. That's a cool guy look. And uh, spoiler alert: they're not getting that gurney back. 
No. <laughs> That's hard burning now. <laughs> go, go ahead and add that to your inventory. One floating gurney. I'll, I'll put it on mine. It sounds like medical advice. Right. There you go. <laughs> you got this terrible, crummy little uh, medical bay on the spaceship, but a really nice, good as new <laughs> floating gurney. <laughs> So when you get to the ship, you find that there is a group of bird people wearing overalls and they have some floating dollies on upon which are big crates that look like they might have, uh, say, vegetables and fruits in them. And they're kind of standing around outside your ship waiting for somebody, presumably the owner of the ship, to show up. So I'd sort of break away from the group and hurriedly run over to unlock the ship and lower the, the cargo ramp they look at you and they look at the ship and they look at each other and uh one of them steps towards you uh rory and says is this the the ship yes this is this is the ship does it fly do you fly yes so does the ship less talking more fruit loading okay i hope the boss made a good choice and they start loading their, their cargo onto your ship. Now, to install your brand new to you power core, uh, Hank, you're going to need to do another roll of the mechanical check. Nine. And you needed, you needed 12. 12. Okay, success by three. All right. So I imagine that as you go to install the uh, power core, you might have a little bit of you know, fear after standing in this spot, working on this ship and then exploding. But uh, maybe that little extra adrenaline is what makes you so skilled this time and you install it expertly. And uh, after you get it in there and you double check everything and triple check everything, you pull a lever and the ship powers up for the first time since, uh, since you guys have seen it. The internal lights come on, you know, they start flickering a little bit. There's a little hum in the background of machinery coming on. You feel a little bit of a cool breeze as the life support system fires up and starts circulating uh, oxygen and atmosphere around the ship. And uh, for the first time, it feels like this thing might actually work. Yay! Fantastic. <laughs> and the people, the, little, the bird people finish uh, loading up all the cargo. Let's see... Kells, I think I'd like you to make a perception roll. Okay. I got it with a success of four. Oh, very good, very good. So as you're as you're watching the people loading the uh, the merchandise, you notice that like when they're picking up the crates with their with their arms, you know, to put them in the in the cargo bay, most of them are, you know, a little heavy. But one of the crates in particular, it takes three of them to move it. It seems like it's exceptionally more heavy than everything else was. It just seems odd. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Hmm. So have they managed to get any actually in the ship yet? Yeah, yeah. They're maybe halfway done uh, loading everything. So I want to go into the ship and surreptitiously take a look at one of the crates that's already been loaded on. Okay. So what's a stealth roll in this game? Oh, I think there is literally stealth. Which I don't have, so what's the default for that? Dexterity or IQ minus five. Ah. So I don't make it. I got a ten. 
Okay. My IQ's at a 12. And Dex is at a 12. Oh, so you miss it by three. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you go to very um, secretively open the crate, and uh, when you do, it makes a loud whoosh noise. You know, like how in, a, in the movies, anything that has a, um, a docking port or whatever, air is moving and whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, makes a big noise, and all of the bird people turn and look at you as you're holding the crate open. What you see inside is that while everything else is supposed to be vegetables and fruits, this looks like it's full of uh, liquid. A bunch of little tiny vials filled with liquid, and they each have a little needle connected to it. You know, like you could take the needle out and then use it to pull the liquid out of the vial. Something tells me those aren't COVID vaccines. (laughs) Hi, I'm Joe Hogan. I'm the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying our second episode of Cautious Optimism. This is actually the second half of our very first session, so that's why we didn't do introductions at the top of the show. But just to remind you who everyone is, our wonderful GM is Todd from the Nerdberg Review. And then you have Kelly from Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. You can catch Bamashocks streaming King of the Heel on Twitch. And I'm Joe from Geektitude. I'm really excited because this week I get to share with you our first feedback. I tossed our very first episode on the r forward slash GURPS Reddit, and here's what people had to say. General Polaris said, Before I started playing GURPS, I didn't really have any experience playing a tabletop role-playing game, but I was exposed to tabletop role-playing games by listening to podcasts. The system was recommended by one of my friends because I wanted to just homebrew everything. One of the first things I did was search up GURPS podcast just to hear what gameplay was like. There weren't really many available. I'll definitely give it a listen when I'm off work. Well, thanks, General Polaris. I hope that we are doing a decent job. <laughs> we are learning the system as we go. So you have to be patient with us with mechanics. But we're still having fun, and that's really all that's important. Tonicus Rocks said, Been gripsing and GM DMing for decades. Glad to help if you have questions or want to bounce ideas. GURPS is the most flexible system I've played, and I've run games in nearly every genre and combo of. Good luck. Thanks. The good luck wishes are really awesome, guys. We really appreciate that. And definitely, like, if you ever hear something going on that you are like, hey, idea, we're always open to that kind of stuff. We also have some comments from YouTube. Josh Anderson gave us our first gameplay feedback. He says, in regards to influence and reaction, reaction is rolled secretly by the GM to determine NPC opinion. Charisma and other reaction modifiers give a modifier to this role. Influence roles can further modify or replace the reaction role. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that, because we struggled for a while trying to figure that one out. Because we're about 10 sessions in, it may be a few months before you see us implementing that feedback. But I know Todd appreciates any tips like that because, again, we are just learning the system. So anytime you see us doing something wrong, just, you know, call it out. Let us know what we're doing wrong and we'll get back to it and fix it. Also on YouTube, Nikola Pavkovic said, I can't wait to hear more of this. I'm assuming this release is weekly. Yes, although even though we put out an episode of the podcast every week, episodes are currently split up between two campaigns. So next week will be the second episode of the Horse Feather Saga, and then we'll be back on the 29th of January with another episode of Cautious Optimism. So hopefully that is clear. I know that not all podcasts that are actual plays do it this way, but we wanted to give you a lot of different campaigns because we've got a lot of ideas and we want to get them out there. 
Anyway, thank you so much for your feedback. We really love it. Please keep it coming. It makes us feel like people are listening. We do this for fun because we enjoy it, but it's always wonderful to get other people's feedback and know that they're enjoying it as well. And if you want to provide that feedback, we have several ways you can do so. You can email us at podcast at adsthedicerole.com, but you can also interact with us online in real time. All the players from both campaigns are on the geek to geek Media Discord server. You can join that by going to geek to geekmediacom Also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP. We're on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll. And we are on TikTok at AsTheDiceRollCast. And here's something kind of crazy and new. You can actually leave us a voice message. Just click on the link on our website, AsTheDiceRollCast.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll put it in here into the intermission notes and let you say hi live. So that's it. That's my spiel for the week. We will return to our conclusion of this week's episode after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. Okay. So you go to very um, secretively open the crate. And uh, when you do, it makes a loud whoosh noise you know like how in, a, in the movies anything that has a um, a docking port or whatever air is moving and whatever anyway makes a big noise and all of the bird people turn and look at you as you're holding the crate open what you see inside is that while everything else is supposed to be vegetables and fruits this looks like it's full of uh, liquid a bunch of little tiny vials filled with liquid and they each have a little needle connected to it you know like you could take the needle out and then use it to pull the liquid out of the vial what are the what are the bird people doing they're just kind of looking at each other nervously yeah go ahead and put the lid back on please you yeah, gotta keep these vegetables nice and safe for the journey so I, I put the lid back down and I just do a little nod to them and I walk back to uh, Hank and, and Kyan where they are on the ship okay so we may have a little bit of a problem it's not just fruit there's uh, what appears to be some sort of liquid in an injectable vial. And I describe what the liquid looks like to see if it means anything to either of them. Yeah, uh, Kaya would would recognize that. It's, it definitely sounds like some kind of drug for injecting. Yeah, do you want me to make a, a roll for that or just he would know what it is? Well, just from her description, you wouldn't know what kind of drug. You'd have to take a closer look at it. Okay. Uh do you, do you want me to take a look at it and see if I can figure out exactly what you're you're hauling? Well, let's wait for him to load it on here first and then leave. And then we'll take a look at it. Because if it's, you know, maybe it's vaccines, at which point I don't mind smuggling it. 
maybe it's poison, at which point I still might not mind smuggling it. I was, I, I was going to say, uh, Captain Rory, I mean, if, if we're going to be in this game of transporting goods, it's not so much what we haul, it's, are, is there enough juice from the squeeze to make it worth it? 7000 for hauling vegetables, worth it. 7000 for hauling heroin, not worth it. Right. So, is, is your argument that you don't want to haul heroin or that you're not getting paid enough to haul heroin? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I'm conflicted. Drugs are bad, but money is good. Right. So... I, I do concur with your let's get off the ground and then maybe we, we inspect it further where there aren't so many eyes on us. Yeah, figure out what it is. All right. So you guys are going to casually, nonchalantly wait for them to finish loading the cargo and everything. Mm-hmm. When they do finish, the same bird man who had uh, asked before about is this really the ship and everything, uh, he, he walks over to you, Captain Rory, and he says, It's all loaded up. We appreciate your discretion. Squawk. (laughs) Yeah, got it. Thanks. Okay. And they they head out. You guys are alone on your ship now. All right. I do believe I should probably make a a pre-flight check and make sure this ship is going to make it to the restaurant and back. So I, I really feel like that Hank needs to check everything that could go critically wrong and make sure it's at least serviceable. Sure. I agree. I think that I should be up at the controls, uh, making sure that every all the, the blinking lights are blinking like they're supposed to be. Kyan, could I task you to go figure out what the liquid in the vials is? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Uh, We're going to need a check from Joe, uh, some kind of medical check for investigating the vials. And we're going to need a check from Bama for some kind of mechanical check for uh, checking out the ship. Well, under my wild skill medic exclamation point, um, I have uh, chemistry drugs. So only chemistry when it comes down to that kind of stuff. So I'm going to roll. It'll be a for 13. All right. Success by two. Cause I got an 11. Okay. Well, success by two is uh, good. You recognize exactly what it is. And uh, it is a, a recreational uh, drug that is known to. So the avians, the bird people, feel like it allows them to make a deep spiritual connection to their gods and receive wisdom from beyond, speak to dead relatives, you know, that kind of spiritual religious stuff. But the scientists in the League of Planets, uh, it's a hallucinogen. It just makes people hallucinate. And so it is illegal everywhere except on this planet. The, the avians have worked out a deal where, because it's part of their religion, it can be on their planet and it's fine. But it is not legal for it to, even though, even though the space station is in orbit, that's, that's illegal. It can't leave the planet's surface. Uh, yeah, these are, these are uh, 
pretty uh pretty strong hallucinogenics um and really we should probably not be carrying them off planet so out of character do 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 we know if they're like do they have hallucinogenic sniffing robots do we know that there's some kind of like scan that they can do for these sorts of things or like what like what's our what's what's my knowledge of that sort of thing yeah you would you would be familiar and and uncle pete would have uh clued you in on all these kinds of things so yeah you know that uh something like this can be scanned for by very advanced high-tech scanners. You also know, like when you were flying into this planet, you probably had a layover at the orbiting space station, Mm -hmm. and it's not high-tech. You don't think there's a chance that they would have the kind of scanning technology to do that. The only way they would detect it is if they boarded the ship and were intentionally looking for illegal goods. Do I think that uh, the crates, I could fit all of the crates that have the contraband in them into one of the secret cargo spaces. Do I have a cargo space big enough? Absolutely, yeah. So I, as because I'm sitting up at the pilot controls, I pull down a little hidden panel, hit a couple buttons, and uh, Kyan, where you're at, where the where you're doing the chemistry stuff with the, with the vials, a uh, secret panel opens up under the floor. And so I, I'd say, I'm assuming I can say like this, like on intercom to all the crew, because we're all doing our own thing. But if you guys are, are still interested, we could put it in there. They'll never find it at the space station. Well, here's here's my concern. Um, I mean, you've been nice enough to, to bring me on board, and I certainly don't have a lot of other options. But um, you know, I do try and stick to the straight and narrow. My, uh, my people don't need any more bad rep out there. Uh, but if you if you think we can get away with it, um, I'm, I'm willing to help out. Well, no one could possibly blame you, Kyan, if you didn't know about it. That's fair. And, you know, you, you got to take into mind, we've already verbally signed the contract and have received money for it. So there's kind of it's kind of hard to back out of it now. All right, then I'll get it loaded. Also, I mean, just, you know, putting it out there. It's just a hallucinogen. We don't know that it's used to, you know, turn people into to slaves or murder people it's 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 a recreational drug all right so he's gonna start uh loading uh i'm gonna start loading the stuff into the the secret compartment all right okay so as kayan is loading the stuff into the secret compartment uh let's have hank do that mechanical check to check out the show as i'm crawling in and out of the engineering bay and against my mechanic check Ooh, success by five. Oh, terrific. So as you're as you're doing your check, uh, and this probably takes a couple of hours, you know, checking out the whole ship, you do find, I mean, you find lots of things that are broken or not working at 100% or whatever. But as you're going, you're able to fix all of the stuff that needs immediate attention successfully. And... I mean, you have a big, you you mentally kind of make a big to-do list of things that will need to be looked at, but they're good enough for now. Okay. And at the end of your inspection, you conclude that uh, you can, you can fly to a, the orbiting space station without any, any trouble, probably, most likely. You're pretty okay. sure. And I will report back to Captain Rory. Uh, Captain. Yes, I have gone through the core systems of the ship. 
We are in operating parameters as of right now, but any downtime we have post mission, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time on a lot of small things before they turn into big things. Over. Well, looks like we're going to need to make a lot of money. Yes. Joe, as, uh, as Cayenne is loading the stuff into the secret compartment, you find a, a small uh, circular disc that was already in the compartment. Looks like it's been there for a while. All right. Uh, I pick up the, the disc, and uh, after I've got it, everything loaded in and secure, uh, I take it up to Rory. Uh, found this in the hold. Okay. So I, I look at it. It is an audio recording device, and uh, there's a little blinking light. Something has already been recorded and is ready to play. I push the button. You see a little holographic image of Uncle Peter's face. Aww. And he says, Rory, Rory, listen to me. Listen to me. It's all, it's all, oh, I'm in a lot of trouble. I'm in a lot of trouble. You got to help me. I'm not dead. You got to find me. Ah, I got to go. I'm not dead. Help me. You're my last chance. Next time on Cautious Optimism. Now that the four chloro engines have been engaged, you notice that the fuel lines are leaking. You're supposed to deliver the goods to the owner of the Crooked Comet, Oscar Toft. I notice there's a Matorb in your group. You might be more comfortable back home, don't you think? No, ma'am, I would not. I'm going to name the ship the Cautious Optimism. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geek If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com.